Hello, I'm Montana. And I'm Samantha. And you're listening to Reaper Tales. And today we've got another joint episode. Yay! Hopefully this one's recording both of us. We don't have to restart again. Boy, (laughs) would that suck. Uh, Hopefully we figure it out fast if it's not recording. But today we're talking jointly about different cemeteries. Um, But before we get too far into it, Montana, what are we drinking? So glad you asked, Samantha. We are drinking Ghost in the Graveyard cocktail. You're going to get two ounces of black vodka, two ounces of creme de cocoa, or like it's it's a coffee liqueur. You can just get like a coffee liqueur. It's fine. Um, one scoop of ice cream and a pinch of finely grated nutmeg. In a glass, combine vodka and the coffee liqueur and set aside. Place a scoop of ice cream in a highball glass and slowly pour the vodka mixture over the ice cream. Garnish with nutmeg and serve immediately. Sounds delicious. Fancy. Better like sweet stuff if you're going to put ice cream in there. Yeah. So cheers. Cheers. All right, so I think you're starting us off this week, Samantha. I am starting you off. So today I'm going to talk about a cemetery, but it's kind of lighthearted. So um, I was trying to be in the right headspace, and I found this, and I've always wanted to talk about it, and I desperately want to visit this place. But And this is one that you can visit with me, oh. whereas the children's playground one you don't want to. I don't see why not, but this yeah. one you probably would. This one is called the Coon Dog Cemetery. Uh, The full term or the full name is the Key Underwood Coon Dog Memorial Graveyard, but it's also known as Coon Dog Cemetery. And it's a pet cemetery and memorial in rural Colbert County, Alabama. And it's specifically for coon dogs only. Not a pet cemetery. It's a pet cemetery, (laughs) but it's specifically for a certain type of pet. But well, not the pet cemetery. It's spelled correctly. It, it is spelled correctly. I will say that. Okay. It was established by Key Underwood on September 4th, 1937, and more than 185 coon dogs. And some sites actually reported over 300. Um, but the actual site for the cemetery said 185, but I don't know how recently it's been updated. Um, but at least 185 have been buried at that special site. About four to five dogs are buried annually in the cemetery, obviously some sometimes more. And there are three requirements that must be met in order to bury your coon dog here. The owner must claim that their pet is an authentic coon dog. A witness must declare that the deceased dog is a coon dog. And a member of the Key Underwood Coon Dog Memorial Graveyard must be allowed to view the coon hound and declare it as such. So it's just a bunch of people looking at a dog and going, I do yep, declare. That's it. That's it. It's a coon dog. Okay. <laughs> it is a coon dog. All right. Uh, and to be a coon dog, it must have been a hunting dog and hunted raccoons exclusively. So you couldn't, you can't use a hunting dog that you used for hunting deer or any other type of animal. It has to specifically have been a hunting dog for raccoons. And that's, that's where so coon sad. comes from in case anybody was wondering and couldn't deduce that. This reminds me of where the red fern grows. 
I know. I knew it would. <laughs> it's going to remind a lot of people. <laughs> um, but it's it's lighthearted. I don't have a lot of haunting. Like, I don't think I actually have any haunting stories, but it is pretty cool. I still, I really want to visit this place. Each Labor Day, the Friends of the Coon Dog Cemetery host a celebration at the cemetery. Entertainment includes music, dancing, food, and a liar's contest, which I kind of want to watch and see what the point of that is. A liar's contest? Liar's contest. Like lying to each other? Apparently. And I guess it's whoever can be the most believable. I don't know. Like, tell me two two truths and a lie, and if you can't guess it, then you get all the way through. You win. I don't know what you win. Congratulations. You're the most narcissistic person, and that's present. Yeah. No kidding. The present is your presence. Go away. (laughs) During the celebration, the graves are also cleaned and decorated, which I thought was a really cool part of it so these this cemetery is really well maintained and taken care of time is usually uh time for the celebration is typically between 10 a.m and 4 p.m you can also purchase official coon dog t-shirts cemetery pins and camouflage caps via their website which is coondogcemetery.com and the proceeds from the sales are mostly used to maintain the cemetery which is pretty cool okay From that site, I wanted to share the story of how and why the cemetery was established. And this is like, I want you to picture an old man telling the story about how he established a pet cemetery specifically for coon dogs. He's sitting on his front porch, like in a rocker, probably whittling some wood. He's got some lemonade, yeah. This is kind of the vision that I had when I read this. Sweet tea. Yeah, of course. Obviously. Sweet tea. Yeah, of course. In a small grassy meadow deep in the rich, thick wilderness of Freedom Hills, Key Underwood sadly buried his faithful coon dog troop. They had hunted together for more than 15 years and had been close friends. The burial spot was a popular hunting camp where coon hunters from miles around gathered to the plot Uh, To plot, their hunting strategies tell tall tales, obviously, chew tobacco, obviously, and compare coon hounds. Those comparisons usually began and ended with Troop, because he was the best around. Underwood knew that there was no place in the world Troop loved more than that camp. It was only fitting he decided that Troop would spend eternity there. On that dreary Labor Day, 1937, Underwood said goodbye to his legendary coon hound. He wrapped Troop in a cotton pick sack, buried him three feet down, and marked the grave with a rock from a nearby old chimney. On the rock, with a hammer and a screwdriver, he chiseled out Troop's name and the date. A special marker was erected in his memory. Troop was half red bone coonhound and half bird song, was known throughout the region as the best. He was cold-nosed, meaning he could follow cold coon tracks until they grew fresh, and he never left the trail until he had treed the coon. Out of one hunter's devotion to his faithful coonhound was born the Key Underwood Coon Dog Memorial Graveyard, which has become a popular tourist attraction and is the only cemetery of its kind in the world. Other hunters started doing the same when their f- favorite coon dogs died. Today, more than 185 coon dogs from all across the United States are buried in this spot in northwest Alabama. When I buried Troop, I had no intention of establishing a coon dog cemetery, says Underwood. I merely wanted to do something special for a special coon dog. When columnist Retta Grimsley Johnson interviewed Underwood in 1985, he told her that a woman from California wrote him wanting to know why he didn't allow other kinds of dogs to be buried at the Goon Dog Cemetery. Oh, good question. 
Quote, you must not know much about coon hunters and their dogs if you think we would contaminate this burial place with poodles and lab dogs. End quote. He responds. Oh, okay. Well, he can suck my dick. <laughs> I knew you would love that. My, my dogs wouldn't even be buried there anyways. They are going to live forever. They're never going to die. Sure. And I will never get sleep again. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. You won't. If they live forever, I can tell you that. Some of the burial grounds headstones are crafted of wood, some of sheet metal. Others are uh, not unlike the stones found in a normal cemetery. But, of course, the names of the deceased are different, and so are the epitaphs. For example, listed among the, the dead are Patches, Preacher, Smokey, Bean Blossom, Bama, and Night Ranger. And etched along with these names are tributes such as A Joy to Hunt With and He Wasn't the Best, But He Was the Best I Ever Had. Okay, well, that's a raving review. How many of us have said that in a different context? People say that about me all the time. They they truly do. She wasn't the best. She was the best I ever had. Hey. Uh, no, but Bean Blossom is such a cute dog name. I love that so Bean much. Bean Blossom Bama. I think it is Bama. It like Bama that, that's the whole Bama. name? Yeah. Bean blossom, but I thought it was just bean blossom. Talk about oh some talk about some alliteration there. Yeah, no kidding. Nicely done. And, okay, way to be original, Bama. Sure. Sorry. <laughs> Hunter's famous Amos, a hound that was named Ralston Purina Dog Purina's Dog of the Year in 1984, is also buried here, as well as several world champion coon dogs. Coon dogs colloquial colloquial. <laughs> known as coon dogs Close are enough. uniquely American scent hound breeds developed to hunt bobcats, cougars, bears, and yes, raccoons. The American Kennel Club officially recognizes six coon hound breeds, the black and tan coon hound, the red bone coon hound, which I think is what the, in the red fern grows. That was a coon hound, wasn't it? I think yeah. it was a red bone. American English. Yeah, uh, which is never called that among coonhound fanciers. It's actually called an English coonhound or plain English dog. Blue tick coonhound, which we have a lot of those around here. Um, tree treeing walker coonhound and the plot. All except the plot descended from colonial era English foxhounds that evolved in size and color to best hunt game in their specific localities. The plot, however, was which has a harder expression descends from German scent hounds and. It was brought to North Carolina by the family after which it was named. Hey. There you go. You guys got to be special and have your own specific kind that's different from everybody else's. We're so special that our whole city caught on fire today. So (laughs) (laughs) it's not funny, but like just the holy shit. That's a unique problem. It, It truly is. Um, I still can't get over the fact that this guy had such a grudge against other breeds. Like poodles are some of the best. He didn't have a grudge against other breeds. He just felt like coonhounds held a special place and they deserved a place all their own. Yeah, but he was like, you think I'm going to put a poodle in here? A lap dog? Okay, lap dog. I can understand. But a poodle is one of the best duck hunters. Like they, Yeah, but these are coon hunters. He specifically wanted raccoon hunters. So you don't have that too often with poodles. He didn't have because you don't have retrievers in here either. No, he didn't have to be. But come on, it's northern Alabama. He was probably an old fart by that time, and he didn't care. Mm, (laughs) And to be honest, I think he owned it. So I mean, technically, it was his property. He had the right to say who and what was buried there. 
Mm. Well, I would have a bunch of people say that Seven was a coonhound and bury her there. <laughs> For anyone listening, she's that really my- good at hunting turtles because <laughs> they're turtles, the only things that can't uh, move faster than her. <laughs> and copperheads and snakes, or sorry, copperheads and mice. She's very good at that. Um, copperheads means a very expensive vet bill. She has gone after four. <laughs> Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, my dog is a mix between that that dog is specifically a mix between. Wait, hold on to your butts, you're not ready for it. We did a DNA test because we were like, "What the fuck is she?" She's a Dotson Lab Beagle mix, so she looks like an oversized Dotson, <laughs> very big paws, yes, but the same short legs, like same height. Just everything else is just the same size as her. Yeah, she's got big paws. She's kind of got like a face mixed between a lab and a Dotson, but she howls like a freaking beagle. It was an constantly. easy tell. That howl yeah. was an easy tell. Uh, anyway, sorry to derail you. And also because she is a hunter. I mean, she's very much nose to the ground, going to yeah. hunt something if she catches a scent. So yeah. that also wasn't very hard to tell. But those are all three of those are are different types of hunting, I believe. So it's not super surprising. Speaking of the devil. <laughs> yeah, that's her in the background. I think it's almost toy time. So she's like, yeah, dad, get yeah. my get my shit together. Are Let's go. <laughs> Forgotten tales. <laughs> she hears me talking about her. I swear to God. <laughs> she's so excited. Forgotten Tales of Alabama by Kelly Kazek, who I've mentioned before, I've mentioned this book before, has an entry about the Coondog Cemetery. Quote, an old timer likes to tell of the time during a funeral where the pallbearers got distracted and chaos ensued. A a rabbit ran through and they dropped that casket and took off running, L.O. Bishop said. It took us two days to get them rounded up. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Bishop laughed when caught in this tall tale, which he began by saying that the local dogs that are too old to hunt often haul caskets for funerals in the Key Underwood Coon Dog Memorial Graveyard. I can't. This man. I can't imagine they're what, that well-trained. A spokeswoman <laughs> no. for the Colbert County Tourism and Convention Bureau said at least one burial is documented in which the pallbearers of the human variety and a casket were actually used. Oh, that's so extra. You know what? I'm going to do that. You say that and you are totally going to do that with your dogs. Don't even. If, yeah. if you end up actually burying them, that is totally what you're going to do. And I'm going to be expected to be one of the pallbearers. Yeah, probably. I mean... I'm or you can bring, off work just because you can bring your three dogs up here to be pallbearers for my dog. I would not trust my three dogs to be pallbearers, but if you no, would true. like to, sure, 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 sure. No, she's getting cremated, and I'm going to make her into a necklace and probably a plant. Fair enough. Yeah, because I'll get her with me forever. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do with Tugger. Probably he's still going to be in motion after he goes. So he, we might get a generator and he'll just power our house. It would work. Cause Talk he's got a lot of energy. Yeah. He's never been settled a day in his life. <laughs> That's why right now is particularly painful. Poor yeah. Thing. And to round out this wholesome post much needed after our last episode, I wanted to include some reviews of their Facebook page. Uh, Sharon Crosser. Garing. We visited a few years ago as a side trip while traveling along the Natchez Trace Parkway. It was well worth the time. I had actually heard of some of the dogs resting there. 
It did my heart good to see the way that these dogs are honored and remembered. I'll come back someday with a pocket full of coins to place them on the headstones. Now, have you ever heard of that? Putting coins on a headstone. I would think you would bring dog trees. Like, why would you bring coins? Okay, so... Quick side note, it's actually traditional for um, that some follow to put coins on graves. It's a way to show respect for the um, people that you visit. So when you pass by their gravestone, you'll put a coin on there. So if you ever do see coins on a grave, don't disturb them. Leave them alone, whether it's a human's grave or an animal's grave. Um, I think like a penny, I, I looked it up, but I didn't write it down. I think a penny is like that you visited. Um, and if it's if it's in the um, armed services, like a nickel means they like worked with one of the other people or worked in the same group or something like that. Like each different denomination means something different. So in this case, if the, the more, the higher up the coin, the more significant it is when you visited them. So you may have had one that was very similar or, or a dog that had the same name. So you would put a higher coin on it, whether it's nickel, dime, quarter, whatever. Okay, so it's just you. a way to like show appreciation and respect. Okay, well, when we go, we're gonna take a pocket full of treats, and we're gonna I'm put good the treats on there because that seems more reasonable for a dog than it does. I think they would appreciate it more than coins. Yeah, but some people, you, some people do. Could that. you imagine like a little ghost dog? Like, oh my god, there's a treat. Oh my god, there's a treat. Why can't I eat it? What is going on? What is happening? Oh, oh then that's just being mean. Maybe we shouldn't put treats, and they can't eat them. No, but they would be so excited. It doesn't matter. So they couldn't get it and they were frustrated like your poor dog with dementia. <laughs> can't oh my God. Out. I swear to God. She's so much. I can't with her. She's outside the, the door right now. I can hear her right. like just tip tapping out there. She's like, hey, let me in. But if I let her in, I'm going to have to close the door and then she's right going to be like, okay, let me out. She's like a fucking cat, man. Yes. Trust me. She is very much <laughs> like a cat. We have to let do it out on a regular in, basis. Yeah, my cat that has dementia now apparently is so much better. At least he can be entertained for a little bit of time by just staring at a wall. Anyway, oh my god, (laughs) Sonia Basden Gilroy, I guess, recommends the Key Underwood Memorial Coon Dog Graveyard Cemetery. Um, she visited in 2015. This is a place that I grew up close to in the count in the country, smack dab in the middle of Freedom Hills. I visited the cemetery often as a child. Never in a million years did I ever think that it would turn out to be what it is today. The cemetery is a peaceful, calming place. I like to refer to it as my happy place. We celebrate Labor Day there. I help out by selling t-shirts, coffee mugs, hats, etc. While listening to some of the best music ever played by a bunch of great musicians from this area. Oh, and let's not forget L.O. Bishop BBQ. L.O. Bishop from earlier that told the tall tale about dogs running off. Apparently, his barbecue is the best around. Just ask Travis Womack. I sure hope he will be there with his man this year. If you've if you've ever been, you just don't. If you haven't ever been, you just don't know what you're missing. Labor Day would be a great day to visit. Bring your own lawn chairs, sit a spell, and you won't regret it. Coon Dog Cemetery Lady will make sure that the time you spend there will be unforgettable. And Coon Dog Cemetery Lady is um, she. I don't know if she inherited it or if she bought it, but she's now the person who takes care of the cemetery um, on a regular basis. So she's the she's the one that is like the what would you call groundskeeper? Groundskeeper, yeah. She makes keeps it all up. So when are we going? I say Labor Day, but I don't know that you're going to be here on Labor Day. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there for my birthday. Next time you're there, 
Yeah. We can just make a quick trip. Because I plan to take my birthday and the day after off. Nice. We definitely yeah. can. Let's do it. I mean, it sounds really it sounds really interesting and peaceful. Like that's, I heard that a lot is that it's just so peaceful. People will just go there. They'll look for a while and then they'll just, there's like benches and stuff and they'll just sit there and just be quiet for a while. Oh, my favorite pastime. Not sitting and being quiet. Oh, wait, no. Never going to happen. I used to go here every summer when I was a kid. We'd cook out and go fishing by the creek that was on the way to Coon Dog Cemetery. I finally got to go back last year after 10 years and very happy to see it hasn't changed a bit. So many memories. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see. This, is, this was interesting. There were some Google reviews that were interesting that were good warnings. So I just want to say sometimes it's good to look at Google reviews because it prepares you. In a way that you probably wouldn't have been prepared because this information was not found anywhere on their website, despite the fact that I looked. But it said anyone, uh, a local guide six years ago said anyone with a love for dogs will find this place interesting, but don't expect you can bury Fifi, the poodle here. <laughs> this is hollowed ground for coon dogs only. I love bringing out-of-state visitors here. They never fail to really enjoy the trip to this special spot and are impressed with the creativity and beauty of the various headstones. It doesn't cost a dime. However, there is no staff or host here. It's very isolated. No facilities except an old-time outhouse, which may or may not have paper, but will certainly have a stink. Oh, great. Thanks for the warning. So at least we're prepared in that way. I would think I would rather go in the woods personally. But uh, five months ago... If you are a pet person, you'll love this place. We were staying at Joe Wheeler State Park and drove over. A little over an hour's drive, but so worth it. Big fancy head markers and simple sticks with dogs' collars on it. Dogs from as far away as Michigan are buried there. And each grave has a small bouquet of flowers. The simplest grave with just a rock marker had the same bouquet as the expensive marble headstones. So sweet. Oh, that's so sweet. I don't know if I want to go now because I will cry. You might, actually. (laughs) I think it's going to be really sweet. Um, this is one that I kind of was like, oh, this, I really want to go there at night. Such an eerie place at night, but still neat to see something so unique. It's a pretty good drive from the highway, about four to five miles. So I'm not going to go there at night because I'm not going into a completely isolated place by myself. Also, as a pet cemetery, you don't go to a pet cemetery at night. If Stephen I, King has I love pets. They would love me. It would be fine. Yeah, but at night, you don't go to one at night. <laughs> It's located in a very beautiful area of Alabama, too, surrounded by hills, trees, and wildlife, kind of like the pet cemetery. (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't. I was disappointed. This is the part that this is why I included this. I was disappointed to see one of the statues had been vandalized, but it's still a sight worth seeing. So this is why these cemeteries have fundraisers and stuff like that, because they have to keep up with people who do stupid stuff like that, because it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Especially if it's not after researching four different cemeteries um, <laughs> and ADHD. Uh, <laughs> I now know that a lot of them are um, a lot of the ones that we we would talk about and like the haunting ones, human ones, obviously. They're uh, a part of the historic societies in whatever towns that they're in. And so that means that the historic society, which is funded by government things, blah, blah, blah is actually maintaining the upkeep of them. So you don't have to have fundraisers to fix them. And some of them, yeah. yeah. This one is obviously self-funded because it's an animal cemetery. I don't think they could get it approved, at least not at this point. 
but I bet they could get some grants. They probably could if they sought it, but then they would be re- like, I feel like that has a, like overhead. Like there's some oversight that they probably don't want to deal with, honestly. Oh yeah, if probably. I, had to guess. I mean, um, it's I mean, in rural Alabama. Let's be real. True. That's very fair. I don't think that small town would even care, and they'd be like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Here's here's fifty thousand dollars. Just yeah. spend it spend it wisely. Uh, last one that I had was just what a great tribute to some of man's best friends set way out in the hills. This quiet memorial is full of purebred coon dogs displays the love of the owners that they had for their friends. This roadside attraction, which I don't know that I would ever call it a roadside attraction when it's four to five miles off the highway, but that's just me has an outbuilding on a concrete base, as well as benches to sit on to take in the peacefulness. Each grave has a marker and some colorful plastic flowers that spread out over the grounds, making it a beautiful sight. They're outhouses on on top of a concrete base. It says outbuilding, not outhouse. So I think they may have renovated it since that last because that was that one was six years ago. This one okay. was three years ago. So I think this is just like an outbuilding because it also says there's a guest book to sign. So I think there's like a building you go into that has the guest book and maybe. Oh, OK. Because I was like, uh, if you. No, I'm definitely not going to. That's not how those work okay. at all. Nope. For those of our friends that don't know what outhouses are, <laughs> that's way back when when we didn't have plumbing. I mean, some people you dug, still have it. True. You dug a hole in the ground. You covered it up with some wood to make it look sort of like a house. So you had some kind of uh, relief from the weather, sort of. And uh, you put a box so it was sort of a, a comfortable-ish to a place to sit. And, uh, yeah, that's where you, you did business. In there. A lot of the times you put like um, grubs and worms down in there so that they eat. Eat it up. Yep. Eat um, whatever goes in there. So, which turn into flies. Which oh, natural. <laughs> yeah. Keeps it all natural. I mean, pretty cool. Uh, that aspect of it. But the sink and I don't know. if Okay. Any of you look, have- all I can think of is Alabama, July and August. That's there what I was no thinking. no way in hell <laughs> you would ever find them. imagine like. You're trying to uh, sit in this outhouse, and it is oh. 200 degrees in there, and the humidity is 150. Yeah, I have a, a small idea because I've had I've gone to festivals, and it's my least favorite part of them because they'll have those um, porta potties, and the festivals in Alabama are always in July and August. Why I have no idea, but it is 100 degrees. In Alabama, 90% humidity, you go in that thing, you are going as quickly as possible because you just can't stand to be in there because A, the heat, and B, the smell. Done. And that's not even as bad as an outhouse would be. So, no. Power to the people that came before and got us indoor plumbing. Thank you. That's all I can say. (laughs) I appreciate you. (laughs) And you thought it was bad having to go to the bathroom in my apartment with my, oh uh, my radiator God. stuck on high. I swear to God, I had to like, I had to like shit in your bathroom with the door open and you were in there. Samantha had this apartment. <laughs> I love that apartment. A few years of that apartment, except for that part. And like dead of winter, the radiator in her bathroom did it not was on and off. There was no controlling the temperature on that one it was either on or it was off so yeah and the window in her bathroom didn't open so like i had to take dumps with the door open while she was in the apartment because or else i would just be in there just sweating just 
Oh, you still were sweating. <laughs> I mean, I was still sweating, but it would have been way worse. I, you would have had to bring me a Gatorade halfway through. Like, please, dear God. Meanwhile, I'm in the living room with headphones because I just don't want to hear anything that's going on. <laughs> Most of it was just me going, my God, why is it so hot? Like crying while trying to take a dump in your bathroom. Your neighbors probably thought you were murdering me. I was just very possible dumping out uh now that everybody knows what I'm <laughs> <laughs> oops somehow i'm not surprised uh, our com- conversation deviated to that direction but that is all i have on the coon dog cemetery well good job that was very uplifting that made me feel a little bit better today uh, i had man. a crappy day so i'm kind of glad i did this one <laughs> I am too. Uh, I don't have a crappy day. I just haven't slept very much over the past week. So I'm feeling poor, poor you tired. Yeah. My little dog uh, had ACL surgery last week and he is a pain in the ass because he oh, has to be in a it means more so, by the way. Yes. I mean, he was already, but now it's worse. Yeah. He's hyperactive. Like he is balls to the wall, ready to run constantly. And uh, he can't run. He has to be in a crate for 12 weeks. So it's been fun. It's, it's, it's been real fun. You're one week down, right? I'm one week down. So we're 11 weeks to go. There you go. We're, uh, we're getting there. But I did crazy dog lady it and got him a dog stroller so <laughs> that he so can cute. go on the family walks. I, know. I, sent so it to my, I sent it to my dad and he was like, I'm disowning you. <laughs> this is your child why wouldn't you want him to have the best i was like your yeah, grandchild look, you raised me so <laughs> what does that say about you uh so this yeah we got him a, i got him a little playpen for outside so he can sit outside with his little coned head inside of the playpen can't jump yeah so really crazy dog ladying up over here i gotta say your dogs picked out some really cute mother's day gifts for you though they really did uh i don't know how they did it i have to assume you had to help them because i know my husband didn't do that so i really appreciate that (laughs) they really (laughs) wanted to get you something because they know how bad they had been uh driving you crazy oh for sure past year or so for sure um so my story is the Unitarian Cemetery. And so before I get to it, I just want to tell you about my adventure getting here. (laughs) As always. As always. So I did research for one cemetery that was here in North Carolina. And I said, okay, this is really cool because I liked the story that was with it. Um, But it was very short. And I was like, oh, well, that's not that. That won't do. Um. So I was like, okay, well, I'll cover two cemeteries. We can't, we can't, we can't have a short episode. Come on. No, uh, it's beyond me. I'm incapable of it. Um, so enough. I was like, all right, I'll do two. So I started researching another one, got completely through it. And I was like, oh, well, this could be a whole episode on its own. Like, blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right, let's look at a different one. Start researching it. It could be a joint one all by itself. But instead of going with that one, I had seen this one. When referencing that one, and I was like, okay, well, let me just, you know what? I'm just going to look at this one and see, you know. That's never how it ever ends. I'm just going to look at this one and see. Yeah. And so I ended up researching this one. And that, my friends, is how ADHD works. Um, (laughs) In a nutshell. In a nutshell. Actually, it's the squirrel finding the nutshell 
and the three yeah. ones before it because they weren't quite the right ones. But anyway. True. So that that's how we got here. So I have some research in my back pocket for any future cemetery stuff that we do. So um, I'm not going to list out my resources. They will be in the show notes if you so choose to look at them. As per usual. Yeah. So the Unitarian Church is one of the oldest in this. And also, this is actually in South Carolina. It's not in North Carolina. So just she researched all the ones in North Carolina and then she had to go to South Carolina. Most of the major ones in North Carolina. So, yeah, I even researched one that and wrote up notes on one that was in my husband's hometown. Oh, so I have that ready to go. It had a very creepy story to it, but nice. Anyway, the Unitarian Church is one of the oldest in the city of Charleston, and it was built in 1772. We love Charleston. Yes. Yeah. Special that was place. A great, that was a great girls weekend. Thank goodness you finally got oysters. Oh, my God. I know. I would not shut the fuck up. Oh, no, you like didn't. And it was so frustrating. It's like, give oh. this girl oysters so she'll shut up. Oh, I miss Colleen. Damn. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so it is the oldest in the city of Charleston, and it was built in 1772 for the first time. Okay. <laughs> it had been rebuilt in 1854. It is like, on re- the... Rebuilt. Was it moved? We're about to get to it. Just okay. give me a second. Uh, it is on the National Historic Register, and it's the second oldest church in Charleston. The church was used as a barracks in the Revolutionary War, and a lot of it ended up getting destroyed during this time. This is why it needed to be rebuilt. Okay. Which is so funny because two of the other churches that I did notes on, one of which ended up being like they, it was overtaken by the Union soldiers at one point and was turned into like, a stable for horses and then later on was was uh taken over by um no it was it was taken over in three different wars it was like the revolutionary war the civil war and then they opened their doors to house soldiers during world war ii because they were like oh we learned from our mistakes (laughs) let's just go ahead and let them in (laughs) yeah i may as well so this is not unusual for soldier, soldiers to uh, kind of take over churches. Well, they were considered a safe place, just in general. Um, yeah. Whether that was actually respected or not, it's another story. But yeah, for the most part, that idea is accepted. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. When visitors come here, they will notice that the paths are well kept, but everything else is overgrown. Those who keep up the cemetery do this to show that the dead are reconnecting with nature, and it is a symbol of their reunion with nature. Oh, so it's Unit- intentional. Yeah. And if you look at pictures of this place, like, there's a clear, like, walking path in it, but there are, like, vines and, like, overgrowth everywhere. It is beautiful. I love it. Hmm. I love it so much. Which is another reason why I wanted to cover it, because, of course... Why not? Uh, we also need to go back. I know. We do. The Unitarians wanted this cemetery to look this way so nature and the dead can mingle again. 
Now, let's get to what everybody is interested in, the haunted parts. Depends on what it (laughs) pertains to, but okay, let's go. Yeah. So, well, this is really interesting because, all right, well, the first story, well, you'll see why. Uh, The cemetery is said to be haunted by many spirits. The first of these spirits is that of Annabelle Lee. And I say Annabelle Lee, that's not, uh, anyway, it's not technically true. Some people say the story is not true. A lot of people say the story is not true, but anybody from Charleston or anybody who is like, in any historic thing to do with Charleston, they're like adamant that this story is true. So I just want to like caveat that, that a lot of people are saying that this story is not true, but anybody from Charleston is going to be like, this is fucking true. This was real. This happened. So keep that in mind. Okay. So the story of Annabelle is a sad one, but there are many people that have said that they have seen her in the cemetery walking around. Her name was Anna Ravenelli. Ravenel? Ravenel. She fell in love with a, with a man by the name of Edward, Al- Edward Allen. They were madly in love, and they thought that nothing could ever separate them. He was a soldier that was stationed in Fort Moultrie. I guess that's over near Charleston. Anna's father did not approve of their love, and he didn't want them to be together. Who Anna saw went, that coming? I know. Like, hi, Dad. Um, butt out. But whatever. Anna wouldn't let her father stop her from seeing her love, and it is said that she would sneak out of her house to run away to see him. Because of how much he disapproved of their relationship, her father had Edward moved, to Fort, moved from uh, Fort Martree to Baltimore. Anna was heartbroken. She fell ill and be- and because of her she fell ill because of her deep depression. When Edward heard of how sick she had gotten, he knew she he knew he just had to come back to see her. He got however he got back too late. She was dead when he arrived and her father wouldn't even let him go to Anna's funeral. He blamed Edward for her death and was incredibly bitter and heartbroken himself. He had such a distaste for Edward that he had six different graves dug and filled as a decoy. Seriously? Come on, dude. Yeah. This dude that's was... A little, that's a little extra. Yeah. How much money do you have? Who can afford six six graves and stuff in it? Like, really? I I don't know. Like, holy shit, man. Seriously? Just More money than sense. And like... Okay, so every time I see, like, Edward's name on this... Um, I just have to tell you that I'm rereading Twilight. I knew. The second that name exited your mouth, I knew you were going to tie this to Twilight because it was too obvious. I know. It's entirely too obvious. I'm I'm currently almost done with New Moon. Um, because the the worst one. it, It really was. The whole, like, depressing part, I cried quite a bit, but... I think I needed it. I needed like a a reset because the movies just weren't doing it for me. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go back and read the books because I know they'll do it for me. Fair enough. I don't know what's wrong with me. My therapist doesn't either. So, But you're working uh, on it. And that's what matters. I'm working, <laughs> I'm working on it. 
So there, there's also no um, like headstone, no tombstone where Anna was buried, so that Edward would never find her grave. Again, pretty petty. Edward would try to go back to the military once more, but would get thrown out. He drank too much and did drugs, so clearly he was not suited for the military. He would eventually write as Edgar Allan Poe and write Annabelle Lee after after his love, Anna. So this story is Edgar Allan Poe. Mm -hmm. I thought that sounded really familiar. Yeah. Also, Um, it sounds a lot like... um, there was a movie that I saw that came out. And well, I don't know that it was super recent, but it had um, it had a lot of really well-known names, but it was along these lines. And, and it had kind of this storyline, I think. I think it was this, um, this legend, I guess I would call it, or, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, um, that's... And it, it followed this and I had never heard it before. And I was watching the movie and then it revealed that it was Edgar Allan Poe. I'm like, dude, I figured that out like 30 minutes ago. Like this is, yeah. not, this, this wasn't rocket science. So I think this was like the original. Also, story. his, the love of his life was his cousin. Ew, gross. Um, I mean, do you, oh. but don't do your cousin. That's all I'm saying. If he was, if his father really was against it, or if her father really was against it, maybe that's why. I don't know. They maybe. did that a lot back know. then. So I, I just, I don't know. Also, we don't know if this story is true. But it might be because uh, people still see Anna's ghost roaming around the cemetery looking for Edward to this day. She maybe also like pieces of it are true and it's just been like exaggerated or tied to something it wasn't yeah maybe i don't know i mean none of us can know what edgar Allan poe was really like so and i don't think i want to know because i'd say he was the Stephen king of his time to be perfectly honest i have a feeling he wrote it out to to not we all know Stephen King would be a serial killer if he wasn't writing out these stories so i feel like like edgar Allan poe was along that same vein yeah 100 uh, Stephen King's gotten a little bit tamer in his recent years, which, I mean, everybody, like, calms down in their later years. Um, I'm still waiting on it, but, uh... <laughs> Not gonna happen. His his earlier stuff, like, uh, I still... I I will never read Pet Cemetery, man. That book that one me was, up. Oh, that, that one and Cujo. Those were the two that really killed me when i read i still have your cujo book here and at some point i'm going to read it but like i cannot bring myself to read it i did also his book um what was the shining like Mm -hmm. what the fuck was what was that Mm -hmm. i listened to that on audible instead of reading it because uh fyi all of his books are fucking long um yes longest shit and that one's like a thousand pages or something um no that was the stand the stand was a th- like 1600 pages it was long as shit the stand was longer than it and it took me i had to read books in between it because it was so long oh yeah it i listened to it on audible too i just both of those books it and um the shining i felt like i don't remember a lot of it because i feel like it was a fever dream like, I truly feel like those books were a fever dream. Like, just, I never, I never read those. It's not real. 
But I mean, even like his night shift book, that's just a bunch of his shorter stories. Like he can really, even in those condensed stories, he can put a lot in a very short storyline. So, you know, you know what that reminds me of? Like the night shift, the, the short stories, which I've read a couple of them. I think I have that one here too. That's yours. Uh, the the one about the world ending do you remember that or like these people are on vacation what was that called the people are on vacation they were at an airbnb and then like the airbnb owner showed back up because all of the electricity had gone out i vaguely remember what you're talking about but i don't remember what the name of it was and they all start getting sick but it was like a shorter story for some reason that always reminds me of that and i'm like oh Oh. it's like insidious it's like you don't know (laughs) exactly what's happening it's oh my god i hate i don't know what's happening right now i don't either i'm sorry we were talking about a cemetery we got way off subject sorry uh anyways you're welcome dear friends (laughs) uh raining me back in uh so yeah she is still seen like hovering around her which it said it said in a couple articles they see her around her grave like hovering around her grave, which like, but if she had like six decoy graves with no headstone, how did people know that that was her grave? I don't, did he come clean later? Like, haha, I gotcha, bitch. This was actually it. Like, that's a good point. Um, I didn't or see anywhere. somebody in the church knew the secret. Yeah. And I mean, it was so long ago. Also, I mean, somebody would have had to have been there when she was actually buried. So somebody outside of him knew. Yeah. Unless this man just went to, like, six different funerals. I don't know. Um, we don't... There's no way to know. I, we can't. That's know. a level of petty that I could not attain. I'm gonna I'm gonna let him have that one. I would love to attain it one day. But I just don't have... I don't have the energy. The money. Or the money. <laughs> I, I don't have the money. <laughs> oh, God. So another famous woman that many visitors have seen around the cemetery is the spirit of Lavinia Fisher, which that might sound familiar to you. It does. Okay. The name, well, the name itself, Lavinia or Lavinia, that sounds really familiar. And it's weird enough that it shouldn't. Okay. Well, you might know after I say this. Some visitors believe that they see a lady in white in the cemetery. They believe that this is the famous Charleston serial killer, Lavinia Fisher. History says she is the first female serial killer in America. She owned a ho- <laughs> yeah. She owned a hotel in town and she and her husband would take advantage of male travelers in the area. Yep, they would get that. friendly with them and Lavinia would poison their tea. They would fall asleep and the two of them would rob them and slit their throats. Which I know I've heard this story multiple times on like different podcasts, but when I read it, I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Oh my God. Why haven't I looked further into this? <laughs> yeah. Didn't. That's, okay. Mm, that's also, kind I'm of not like really interested in serial killers. That's not, I don't like. That's me. The whole, yeah. You're, you're the serial killer um, person. I don't know why I just did that. <laughs> i wish i could describe what she did but i can't it's like a (laughs) at a boy type at all but okay i i don't know thanks for Um, the support bud i appreciate it (laughs) yeah i need to sleep uh so lavinia and her husband were hanged this is so 
Mm. Lavinia and her husband were hanged, and when she was asked if she had any last words, she said, I have nothing to say to God because I'll be dancing with the devil in the morning. What a badass. I, that's a way to go out, that's for sure. I mean, obviously she's not a badass because she killed a bunch of people and we don't condone that kind of behavior and that's gross and nasty and we hate it and all of that stuff. But what a fucking line to end on. Mm-hmm. Oh, my all right. I hope I have that great of a one-liner when I go out. Oh, I'm sure you will. You'll have spent so much time coming up with it and writing multiple different lines. It'll be a, the only thing's going to be choosing between the ones that you've already determined you're going to use. You know what it's going to be? It's going to be, I have this great line that I came up with and I forget about it right before I die. Um, duh, because I forget about everything. And I just say, I have to take a shed and that'll be my last <laughs> word. So... I'm so it would, make you, it would make you memorable. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, another story from some visitors more recently to the cemetery is from a husband and a wife. The couple decided to walk through the cemetery and check it out. They had never heard any of the tales that were associated with it. Mm-hmm. Air quotes. But they decided it looked pretty interesting and started to explore. They said that it was very overgrown and needed some landscaping badly. As soon as they started talking about it, an old man showed up and he was using a very old lawnmower on the grounds. He nodded to the couple as he walked by them, but he never made eye contact. The couple continued to walk around the cemetery and commented on how odd the interaction was with the old man. As they were about to go back to the front entrance, They saw the old man seated on a bench as they walked by. The couple walked around another area of the church for about 10 minutes and then wanted to check on the man again. When they returned to the cemetery, he was gone. The couple started talking about how he had a lawnmower and he was pushing it, but it never made any noise, which I'm sorry. If I see somebody pushing a lawnmower... It's going to make some kind of sound, whether it's even if it's not like motorized, it's going to make something. So that would be a red flag to me. But sure. You weren't like, hey, bro, why is everything around you silent? Like, what's (laughs) up with that? I don't I don't know. Hey, dude, I'm not an expert, but what's up with the silence? Yeah, I feel like lawnmowers are supposed to be kind of noisy, but, like, yours isn't, so is it okay? Are you okay? Like, Am I okay? okay? Have I gone deaf? Yeah, no kidding. It's just really weird. Um, so they say that um, they knew that they had seen the ghost of the man who used to keep up the landscaping here, which... How much would that suck? You end up doing your day job in the afterlife. Look, if I do my day job in my afterlife... Um, let me die again, please. Just re-death me. Just that's not yeah. a term. I, I'm, uh, I'm TM. I'm trademarking it. I'm, it's now a term. I don't think anybody else is going to be fighting for it. So, but good job. I mean, if you can declare a dog a certain thing and it ends up being a certain thing, I can declare a trademark on it. Right? Okay. I'm not declaring anything. But all right, I'll call my lawyer in the morning. Re-death. Uh, I don't have a lawyer. I should probably get one. You probably should. Oh, my God. So, the last spirit that many think they have seen here is Mary 
White Ridge, Whit Ridge. I don't know. It's Whit Ridge. Yeah, it's Whit Ridge. I'm okay. Everything's okay. She lived near the Cooper River with her husband. Her husband was a smoker and had terrible breathing problems. He ended up getting very ill, and he had to go to uh, Baltimore for uh, to see a you know specific doctors. When they were on their way to Baltimore, he got. So when he was on his way to Baltimore, it was just him. Okay. He got sick aboard their ship and he died. Mary was sent a letter about his death, but she never contacted the coroner in Baltimore. So he is in an unmarked grave in Baltimore. But here's the thing, like, what a way to find out that your husband died. Uh, Dear Mary, your husband's dead. Also, could you pick his body up? Yeah. Uh, what would you like us to do with this sack of meat? Uh, thanks. <laughs> Yours truly, the coroner in Baltimore. <laughs> what? <laughs> would, how would you like to write that letter? I don't know. No, thanks. <laughs> no. Um, don't leave me in charge all, of something all, like that. All a part of the day job. No yeah. Thanks. So uh, there it's is a reason one as to why I don't have that job. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, please don't leave me in charge of communicating anything with anyone, uh, including podcasts. Uh, as you can see, it's chaotic. Too late. <laughs> Oops. Uh, there is a reason that she never contacted them, and it was because she had collapsed and died in her home. She died on oh. the exact same day that her husband de- did, and she is buried in the family plot in the cemetery. So, like, can you imagine, look, I love my husband to death, but he's going before me. We all know it. Um, if if he takes me out with with him because I love him so much, I'm done. I'm done with him. I hope I go to hell and he goes to heaven. I hope he has to spend the rest of his life in heaven and he'll be miserable because he knows I'll be having fun in hell. This went down a really interesting path that I didn't expect, but okay. It would drive him crazy to be in heaven, and you yeah. know it. Yeah. <sighs> True. All around, so, all of that would be fairly accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that would- most people would think, oh, how romantic. Of course, you took it down a different path. So thank I you did. for the full. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. That's, that's uh, yeah. You're, yeah. John Edgar Allan Poe and his girlfriend romantic, but that, that pissed pissed you off oh i didn't find their story romantic Uh, all i could could think was she was probably like 14 i mean probably yeah it was the times and all i could think is ew um ew i want to say like i think that's about right i think she was in in, like from all we know about it i think it was something like she was 14 and he was like in his mid to late 20s maybe early 30s like it was a big age difference that's disgusting. And it would definitely be deemed as grooming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And you can you can say it was the ill. Oh, that was just the time. Well, you know what? Obviously, it was not okay. So they changed it. Uh, it was not okay for that time. It's not okay for this time. Uh, technically, they can still get married as long as they have consent of their parents in some states at the age of fourteen. But let's not talk about that. Let's. Yeah. I'm let's just saying. Technically, that. legally. It, can still doesn't, happen. Doesn't make it okay. Definitely um, not okay. Yeah. But it can still happen. Let's let's make changes, folks. If we're gonna change some laws, I would start with that one. Um start by voting. Um 
So, anyways, many people believe that their bond was so close that she died out of heartbreak because she just knew that something was wrong with her husband. Maybe he poisoned her before he left. You know what? <laughs> Maybe. He was like, you know what? I don't trust this bitty. I'm going to poison her. And then karma got his ass on his way to Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We're changing the narrative, guys. We're changing the narrative. This is what happens when you have a true crime podcast. I know. This is where this is where your brain goes in these situations. <laughs> I don't know why I'm being so pessimistic. Like it should be, oh, this is so cute. Oh my god. And oh, look, no, I just want to work that way. And you love Twilight, so it definitely no, should go in a direction. And I just that's what I was gonna say. I want to clarify it. Like <laughs> I I love Twilight. I, I cannot tell you why I love Twilight. Do I, I think it's either. weird? That do I think it's not okay that a hundred year old, seventeen year old is predatory towards a 17 18 year old i don't think that's okay i don't think it's okay um i think it's gross i think it's wrong but for some reason i keep i keep i can't stop well for starters it's a vampire that automatically leans to it being oh i don't know fantasy so it does make it slightly different um wait are you telling me you don't believe in vampires no no not after oh the story God. I told on our anniversary. No. Oh my God, Samantha. Oh yeah. Well, that was that was different. That's somebody <laughs> claiming to be a vampire. Did they glitter in the sun? No, they're not a vampire. Yeah. Well, you can fight me on this because I was a Vampire Diaries fan, and uh, that was one of the funniest lines in the entire show. Was when she was like, "How come you don't glitter in the sun?" He's like, "Uh." Because I'm a real vampire, not one of these dorky things you see in that book, and I die if I go in the sun. <laughs> oh my god that glitter and that is an interesting take but anyway yeah so yeah we changed up the narrative anyways where was that oh (gasps) maybe he was actually a vampire and he was faking his death (gasps) maybe Uh, no uh, because he was never claimed or what if he never died and he he bribed a coroner to send a letter to his wife like hey bitch your man died and he did poison her and and now he's caught free yeah, well, and he had a, a, a biddy up in Baltimore. He wasn't yeah. even sick. He was like, I'm going to go hit up my biddy. You know what? I want to stay with my biddy. I don't know why I keep saying biddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this story took a lot of different turns. Yeah, none of that happened. You're welcome. Uh, other- <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Others say that she was ill but had not been diagnosed with an illness because she was always worried about her husband's health. Again, a man is always going to kill us. A man is always going to be the death of us. One, one way or another. One way or another. No matter what happened or how, it is a very creepy coincidence. To say the least. To say the least. Those who have seen the lady in white in the cemetery think that it is Mary looking for her husband since the plot beside her grave remains empty. Perhaps she is trying to find him so she can tell him where to go. I don't understand if they have this story and they know that he died and that he was buried. Why has why nobody? Not move him? Yeah. Seriously, <laughs> like you know what happened and nobody's gonna claim him and put him to to rest next to his wife. I feel mm, I don't know mm. who's gonna pay for that. Our government? No. Well, Get out of here, Samantha. Uh, negative. So, yeah, you can visit this cemetery anytime you like. Um, I would 
I mean, if, if, when we go back to Charleston, I would like to go to it because it looks like, I mean, truly it kind of looks like the courtyard at the garage. Okay. The way cool. it's overgrown and things like that. So I'm like, oh my God, this is my aesthetic. 100%. I want to hang out in a graveyard that looks extra bug, bug spray. Yeah, for sure. So you can visit that in Charleston anytime you like. Um, so that's my story. Nice. We both kind of went off of what we originally, I think we kind of both went off a little bit, but it, both of ours were more on the lighthearted. It wasn't like creepy, spooky, haunted yeah, for you. No. It was kind of like, oh, lost loves and stuff. It's more a yeah. little bit sad, but also kind of supposedly romantic. That's what they call it. Well, and that's why I kind of chose this one too, because the other one that could have been like a full one, um, it was kind of sad. It, it was kind of sad. It was a cemetery next to an old battlefield. And like, that's sad. Mm-hmm. A lot of that was sad. So I needed a little. Reserve that for a different day. Yeah. So, yeah. I think so, this, so... this was a good choice. Good I choices. think it was too. Good story. Well, Very you decided on cemetery. So kudos to you. Uh, all the kudos go to you this week. I'll take them. I need them. Oh. Yeah. Thanks. But with, um, with that said, if you want to request a topic or a subject, you can email us at reapergals at reapertales.com. Tell us order. what topic you want us to cover. And you know what? We need ideas. Come on. We'll cover it for hit, you. Hit us up with some ideas. Yeah. Uh, Samantha, where can... I, I know I did this out of order, but uh, where trying. can people find us on our social medias? You can find us on facebook and instagram at reaper tells podcast um we already did emails so why don't you just uh go out there and like rate review subscribe all of the things to whatever listening platform that you use bonus points if you do it on ones that you don't use yeah and we love you we mean it until next time bye the 